0: On the left side, Stone,
1: to the right, back and forth, they score! Kick-tap-toe to Donna, back to Stone!
0: Because one hour isn't enough, we
1: welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Theodore finds Watt in the slot, an overtime hero against Montreal. sets it up for Theodore, he scores! Vegas wins in overtime, Shea heroes
2: from the finley chevrolet box sports las vegas
1: studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts darren millard and ryan wallace one time is coming up? News and notes from around the National Hockey League uh, bring you up to date with uh, what's happening roster-wise with a couple of uh, important teams in the Eastern Conference. So one is a contender, one is on the fringe, and uh, big happenings with both those clubs. Uh, with Wallace, uh, it's uh, with Chapman, it's uh, Millard, all broadcasting from the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. We also have tickets to give away to love uh, in just a little bit, and uh, Chapman is not allowed to read that because he got benched yesterday with his execution of the read. So he's going to send me the information on that, which he has yet to do because he's <laughs> distracted. That's, that's what I deal with inside the Fox sports Las Vegas
2: studio I, is
1: a massively distracted operator
2: of the board. It I'm, I'm blaming NHL network because they they're showing something about Bobby Orr and, I just cannot look away from the television when Bobby when they're showing Bobby Orr highlights because it's just incredible watching him score goals.
1: You know what I had to do yesterday, Wallace? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not mm-hmm. in here. Uh, the the TV came on. It mm-hmm. started off on a Western channel, which I don't mind <laughs> yeah. because that means he, he's gonna be focused. Then it went sure. to the Olympic Winter Games. Yes. Okay. And he doesn't know this. But I told him to change it because he would not take his eyes off the the broadcast <laughs> of the Olympic Winter Games, and I needed him to yep. focus. And he uh-huh. did that, and I sort of had his attention. Things went well up until the read, uh, the giveaway read. Well, I was but, fine but until he told me it he, sounded like
2: he's, that he, thing on my phone.
1: He's the only person that that I have to watch the. T- we we can't hear the TV. There's there's nothing. It's not. What was happening yesterday wasn't even live at the time it was going to be, right. but he, he was yep. he was gearing up for an event at the Olympic Winter Games, and he kept checking out to see whether it was going to happen. What we've got going on today is a documentary on the expansion from six to 12 teams in the National Hockey League, and he's captivated by it. You can't even hear it. You can't even hear what they're saying but but the footage is 55 years old (laughs) and he can't focus for more than two and a half seconds
2: i i like i said i am mesmerized watching bobby or you're you're
1: not even denying it no no so turn the channel
2: what to what
1: i don't care but focus on the show
2: i'll put the western channel back on thank you See
1: a couple of bison or something oh like that walking around. He, he he's not even arguing with me about it. Totally hold on, admits hold on, hold on. that
0: he's. Chapman. What, yes. what is the one thing on television that you don't like to watch?
2: Well, I I can think of a few things, but uh, um,
0: just give me give me a thing. Like, like, don't turn it into an event. Anybody? Give like, an Q-
2: answer. QVC to me is the worst thing on television. Like shopping All right, turn channels. It on QVC. I don't know what turn channel this. It it no, oh, no,
1: no. That's, that's the worst it. thing because it'll be stuff on there. He can't hear the <laughs> description, so he'll be fascinated <laughs> by it. That that will actually be a bad thing.
2: No, but usually they have crap on. So I mean, I. But you'll you'll still be looking and going. Okay,
1: how many orders until we get the discount or whatever? That I I don't I don't know what's on that. the CW. I'm just going to leave it on the CW. Hey, the uh, the Calgary Flames beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Mm-hmm. The, the the lead lead in points is down to three games. If Calgary didn't have your attention before, they do now. Games in hand, four for Vegas. The cushion for first place is three points, but points percentage. Mm-hmm. It's another feather in the Calgary Flames hockey helmet. 636 to 615. It's close, but mm-hmm. Calgary, again, Uh, moves another step closer to uh, being uh, that team that is going to not just challenge, but race Vegas for first place all the way down the stretch.
0: Yeah, to me, it's a a two-team race for top spot in the Pacific Division. It's the Vegas Golden Knights, the Calgary Flames. I'm not moving off of my stubborn stance here that the Calgary Flames are Uh, The second-best team in the Pacific Division could potentially be the the best team in the Pacific Division when it's all said and done. Um, They are better than almost every other team in the division outside of the Vegas Golden Knights. I I firmly believe that, and I just think when you look at how many home games they have left on the other side of this, yeah, it's going to be a ton of hockey, but um, they're a well-constructed, really good hockey club, uh, getting great goaltending, and they've got a phenomenal coach. It's going to be hard to... Uh, to see the Flames have too many prolonged periods where they have a lull. So I think it's coming down to Vegas and Calgary. One, two I spot don't think in the that uh,
1: because it's the Pacific Division is back to normal and we, we've got this, this race and L.A. has been great and Anaheim's overachieved this year. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think we've done a good enough job on this show of paying attention to what's happening in the Central Division. With with the rate of points percentage uh, that Colorado, like Colorado, is still in single digits in regulation losses, yeah. and have have just lit up that division, uh, eleven points ahead of Vegas in the overall standings, and they have three games in hand. Nashville's been good, Minnesota, uh, we've seen uh, a couple of times, but Colorado, in the first half of the season, has laid claim to. What uh, you would consider to be the the top, the top seed for the Western Conference?
0: One hundred percent, yes. The seven seventy-eight points percentage, seventy points in forty-five games. Yeah. Uh, the fact that this team is twenty-one-two and two at home, like you want to talk about dominance on home ice. That's the Colorado Avalanche, and, and you know, like we we spent so much time talking about. The Florida Panthers and Florida twenty-three and three on home ice. Like these are two teams that just simply do not lose and do not give up points on home ice. And then you know for Colorado, like they barely lose on the road too. Like this is just a, a really good team. 9 0 one in their last ten games. Uh, the Avalanche are stacked, and and you're right. Like they are laying waste to the Central Division, and they are leaps and bounds points percentage. Better than any other team in the Western Conference right and, now,
1: and the most impressive part is they've done it without uh, a superstar year from Nathan McKinnon. They've had others yeah. step up, step up, but uh, Nazem Kadri's top five in, in points. Yeah, uh, Mikko Rantanen is having an outstanding season. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog is top 25 in in NHL scoring, but but Nathan McKinnon, uh, due to being in and out of the lineup, hasn't been that guy. So so what's the big big change? Is it goaltending? Is it just scoring a bunch, which they do? Is it other performances, death performances like Daz and Kadri? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But it's, hmm. it's another one of those situations where there is a lot of people, myself included, that was waiting for the notice to come out that Colorado is making a coaching change Yeah, last year after the loss against the, the Vegas Golden Knights. It didn't happen. And what made me say that, uh, that I was waiting for the coaching change to be announced was the, the tone from the players after that Game 6 loss against the Golden Knights. It was not a, a happy group. It was uh, a, a frustrated group. Uh, they got, uh, they got uh, just controlled. They didn't get beat. They were controlled in that series in which they had uh, the, the early advantage uh, up 2 nothing, and Vegas stormed back and, and won four straight. And I like Jared Bednar a lot. I wasn't sure that he was going to survive that. Joe Sackick, yeah. sometimes the, the decisions that you don't make end up being really good. This is one of those decisions where um, maybe they have a great year anyway, but it's it's impressive how they've managed to mend those wounds that uh, that I I think that I saw coming off that playoff series loss
0: yeah I I mean yeah I like I don't think you're wrong there like this this Colorado Avalanche team they are they're finding ways to get it done and and you know <laughs> Ultimately, it's going to depend on what they do in the playoffs. like this is a a team that I think you look at and you say the window's been open now for two or three years. They have not been able to get out of the second round and where where the Avalanche need to improve this year isn't in how well they play and how dominant they are in the regular season. but whether or not they can get into the third round or make it to a Stanley Cup final. and for Jared Bednar, I, I think continuity is important. I think having, having a coach that that is has been through some of that with the team and trying to break through is important but you know to me it's it's going to be interesting because whatever they did this year in the regular season it doesn't inform much of my opinion on the Colorado Avalanche and Jared Bednar beyond this year unless they find a way to make it to a, a conference final or a Stanley Cup final. The game against
1: the Calgary Flames the Vegas played earlier this week. That was a game in which we all agreed the Flames got the attention of the Golden Knights. Statement game, maybe not, but certainly got the attention of Vegas. Is next Wednesday's game at T-Mobile Arena, where the Colorado Avalanche faced the Golden Knights, a similar game for Vegas or... Because they were by far and away the two best teams in the regular season last year and had that, uh, that rivalry uh, during both the regular season and, and the playoffs and have a, have a bit uh, more history. Is it just, Do you just look at it as what they were and what we expect them to be this year as a matchup of two big teams? Does, does e-
0: Is either team trying to make a statement in that game? I think the Golden Knights want to have a bounce-back performance from what they had in Calgary. Like I think coming off the heels of that game against the Flames, it's important for the Golden Knights to go out there and establish a really, really solid 60-minute effort against the Colorado Avalanche, but I I don't think that it really matters all that much. You look back at last year in the regular season, these two teams going back and forth, slugging it out. Um, Again, like I think there were a lot of people that, based on what happened in the regular season, thought that the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs would walk through the Vegas Golden Knights, and it didn't happen. And I don't think that what these two teams do against each other in the regular season means anything unless they end up meeting in the postseason. And then that's where you you want to save your statement games. I think it's important for Vegas to have a good game against Colorado, but I don't think it means it's the end of the world if it's not the, the the type of game that they want. I don't think that this is a Golden Knights team who's been to a Stanley Cup final and three uh, conference finals in their first four seasons. I don't think that they're worried about statement games in the middle of February. I just don't.
1: I think it's a measuring stick game, for sure. I think it's important stick. to play well.
0: Important to play well. Colorado's but I don't think having one of the greatest
1: seasons that we've witnessed right now. Sure. I think yeah. I think it's I think it's a measuring stick game and it's it's I, odd I, like, to say had, that 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 a from a Vegas team that won the playoff series last year mm-hmm. that you would say that uh, and a team that's still in first place in Vegas that you would say that but Colorado's season their regular season so far has been yeah. such an impressive performance that I'm not sure you can legitimately say that this isn't some kind of gauge game for for the the
0: Golden Knights. I just I I don't think that what Colorado's doing this year is too far off from what they did last year. They were exponentially it, it, them and the Golden Knights better than everybody else in in the in, in in certainly in their division and those two teams had a a phenomenal regular season, but it doesn't matter what the Colorado Avalanche do in the regular season. They can be on pace to have one of the greatest regular seasons of all time.
1: I'm more seeing, thinking manage? from a Vegas perspective.
0: I, I mean, like Yes, but you beat them last year, right? Like, I think that you you want to have a good game. You want to show well. You want to go out there and play your game and know that your game can go out and beat the Colorado Avalanche. But I just don't get the sense that a team that beat Colorado last year and it, it beat them in a way that frustrated them, right? Like, beat them in a way where the Colorado Avalanche, what makes them go, was taken away from them by the Golden Knights in that series. And so if you have that in your back pocket... I just I don't think you're super attached to what the the regular season results are going to tell you. I think you want to play well, but if 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 it's if Colorado wins, I, I don't think that you're super attached to the outcome of the game. No, but you want to know
1: where you are compared to the best, I mean, and that that's I, yeah, where that's a, where
0: it is to a de- to a degree. But like, who knows what the Golden Knights are going to look like on on Wednesday, like. Mark Stone might not be in the lineup. Maybe Jack Eichel's ready to go. So you're talking about uh, Oh, do you, do you playing know something I don't? No, I don't, oh, come but on. I mean I'm just, share I don't know share anything. with us. Come on. Like it's been it's been reported from quite a few outlets. I think Greg Wyshinski with ESPN was the first one that that said he had heard the the Colorado Avalanche game February 16th as kind of the first available date for Jack Eichel. So my point being is this. Do you want to measure yourself? Sure. But, like, I, I don't think you're going to attach much to a game where, one, you haven't had a full lineup all season long. Two, you're probably going to be playing without your captain. Three, you might be getting a, a, a phenomenal player into your lineup that hasn't played a, an NHL hockey game in almost a year. Like, I, I just I don't look at that as, as the prime. Um, Measuring stick situation Later on when these two teams meet again Maybe, but this one isn't it for me So why is Colorado So good? Uh, I'm not going to say it's only Kale McCarr But like when you've got a, a defense on pace For 34 goals um, and, and better than a point a game And a guy that can control Every aspect uh, defensively Offensively Doesn't get tired, doesn't come off the ice Just a phenomenal hockey player Um, I think it kind of starts with their mobility on defense. Um, You know, Darcy Kemper's been fine. Like, he's been good. Pablo Francois has been good in net. And, you know, you mentioned Nathan McKinnon not necessarily having a a Nathan McKinnon-type season. He's in and out of the lineup. Injuries, he's been dealing with it. But, you know, what's funny about it not being a Nathan McKinnon-type season uh, you're looking at a player that's got 43 points in 31 games and 34 assists, like not scoring the goals, but it is well over a point a game player, and, and that's, that's not up to his standards. Um, Nazem Kadri coming out of nowhere. Gabe Landeskog, I love as a player. I just think that they're a well-constructed team. Like, they lost a bit of depth for sure, but when you have a career year from Kadri like you're getting, it kind of offsets the depth that you lost in the, in the offseason. Um, they're just good. They're just a really good hockey team with elite skill up front, elite skill on the blue line, and they've got enough goaltending uh, that their skill can can get them out of situations if they need to.
1: Do we agree that Vegas and Colorado are the two best teams in the Western Conference with healthy lineups or healthier lineups?
0: I would I would say that's that's probably the case. Yeah. So Chapman.
1: I'm going to ask you this question first because you haven't been paying attention, so it'll it'll be perfect uh, <laughs> in the sense of fresh. You'll be fresh, all right. The best player on the Vegas Golden Knights is Jack Eichel. The best player on the Colorado Avalanche is Camel Car. Hmm. Not. Nathan McKinnon.
2: No. I think Kale McCarr is is surpassed Nathan McKinnon as the best player on the Colorado Avalanche. The
1: player Colorado can least do without.
2: May surprise you, but I'm going to go Nazem Kadri. We saw what a difference it made in that playoff series last year when he wasn't there. I don't, I, I wouldn't make the case but I do think someone could make the case that maybe Colorado is a little bit more competitive in that series if he's not suspended.
1: Oh, yeah. Depth of center. It's Look at look what he's doing now. The player Vegas can least do without.
2: Alex Petrangelo. Hmm. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Robin <laughs> Leonard. This team will not win in the playoffs without Robin Leonard.
1: Hmm. I, I don't know whether there's a, a firm answer to that question. No, I,
2: I, I, I'm, going, I'm still going back and forth because I, I think goaltending is, is very, very important, but I think not having Mark Stone in the playoffs would, would be hugely detrimental. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different directions you can go with that.
0: I think until you see Jack Eichel in the lineup, you can't answer that question. Right, like when I look at the Golden Knights and kind of how they're constructed, and, and I think it's been kind of proven out over the course of, of this this season with all the injuries they've they've dealt with, the way that this team is constructed with depth down the lineup, I, I think that you can get by without players in your lineup. Like they were able to get by without Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and William Carlson in their lineup. With the Colorado Avalanche, you're kind of seeing a similar thing in which they've been able to, at times, get by without Miko Rantanen in the lineup. They've been able to get by without Gabe Landeskog, without Nathan McKinnon. Does their high-end skill take a hit? Yeah, but they were deep enough, especially last year, to kind of go through those those periods without those players. Uh, until we know how much Jack Eichel can command a game individually on this Golden Knights team, like I don't think we can say, well, the, the Golden Knights cannot... Or, or can least afford to lose this player because it, it, it can li- it's likely going to be Jack Eichel based on his skill set and what he can do, but we need to see it first.
1: I agree, Jack Eichel, and I asked you those questions because I was really curious to see what a fan answer would be, and I consider you, Chapman, a fan. <laughs> I, I do. I, I think you come at it from, from that perspective, and, and I like to, to lean on that, that angle. The best player for the Golden Knights instantly becomes Jack Eichel. He will be the best player that's played for this franchise when he, when he light lines up the best player for the Colorado avalanche. I will go back to Nathan McKinnon
0: mm-hmm.
1: with I maybe mean, Kale McCarr. I just had the conversation with Paul coffee and he loves Kale McCarr thinks he's uh, uh, unbelievable. And he's, He's a game changer, and he can do so many different things. He's dynamic and uh, will win Norris trophies. But the best player is Nathan McKinnon. The player they can do least do without? Yeah, maybe it is Nazem Kadri. But I don't know whether there's a definitive answer on the Vegas side to that question. Because of the way this team has built. And it might end up being Jack Eichel. I just don't know because I haven't seen him play for for this team. Mm -hmm. It should be Jack Eichel. But is it the energy and leadership of Mark Stone? Is it the consistency and the minutes of Alex Petrangelo? Is it the release of Max Pacioretty? Is it the penalty killing of the Misfits? Is it... The way that Shea Theodore can raise the level of his game. Or is it the goaltender? But I I find it interesting that goaltending didn't jump to the forefront of either team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is unusual
2: in the game of hockey. Well, I think these two teams are, are so deep and built so differently than maybe the traditional Stanley... Like, with Tampa, I think immediately it jumps out, and it's Vasilevsky when you look at the Lightning. Like, yeah. I, I he's the best goalie in the world. They want to stand the cup without their captain. Yeah. So, I think with them, it's an easy—maybe not an easy, but he's I think, going to be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, Stamkos is yeah. phenomenal. But I think with them, it, it jumps to the front of the conversation. Whereas with Vegas and Colorado, two really good goaltenders— but I wouldn't say that they're two of the elite goaltenders in the league. I mean, they're very high on the list, but I think there's probably a couple of guys that, that are ahead of them.
0: I mean, I would argue that they're elite, but there's a there's a clear difference between Andre Vasilevsky and everybody else, right? Like we're, we we talk about Connor McDavid as a generational talent, right? Like he he has the ability to do things that other people just simply cannot do. The same is 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 what you say about Andre Vasilevsky. He's a generational goaltender, and the reason that it, it comes to the forefront for Tampa is because he's a generational goaltender that they have. Every other team in the league wants an Andre Vasilevsky. They just they don't grow on trees. They're not readily available all the time. That's what makes Tampa so unique, is that they have Vasilevsky, and they have everything else. Elite defensemen, elite forwards, and... They win championships because they have elite, elite, elite players at all three of those positions.
1: Great conversation. If you disagree with us, let us know on Twitter and social media. It's Magnum702, Ryan the Hockey Guy, or at Darren Millart. When we continue, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, some uh, roster updates for you. Uh, one will benefit the team, and the other certainly will not. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
2: Maybe a two-on-one.
1: Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores.
2: It's time for one-timers. One-timers.
1: Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo.
2: Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
1: the process you are a process guy to the bone Ryan Wallace will you move off just
0: important to win um yeah they have to win at all costs I um however I think um people are clamoring to see this Oilers team uh play or, or or look different in some way um the result comes first but the process has to improve
1: they're one of the great entertaining teams in the NHL, and it's weird that everybody's sitting around going, "But can they win a two-one game? Can they win a two-one yeah, game?" I, I, Nobody wants to see a two-one game.
0: You know what? Like, and I'm the one that asked Gene yesterday. Like, do, do you think that that's something that needs to happen? As much as I am a process guy, and we've it's well documented. I don't care about the process with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. I want them to be awesome, right? Like I just want them to be them and lean into it and use that and hone it as best you can. Like I'm not super inter- I, interested if Connor McDavid tries to turn himself into a selkie candidate. I don't care. I want them to play and, and put up points and and threaten some scoring records. I do. But they also want to win championships. And to win championships, you got to put it all together collectively as a team, and that hasn't happened yet for the Oilers. So uh, results, then process. If they try and win
1: 2-1, they're sunk. Capo Caco expected to be out at least another month with an upper body injury. Wonder what that does to the New York Rangers when it comes to the trade deadline.
0: (laughs) I mean, I, I would argue that the New York Rangers are looking for... Uh, something to fortify their lineup, and uh, yeah, you're, you're right, Like because I, I think Kako's kind of one of the guys you might utilize to move in order to bring something back that helps you immediately. Um, that all said, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the Rangers do going into the deadline for sure.
1: Evgeny Malkin expected to play on Sunday out of COVID protocol. Look out. Yeah, Pittsburgh buddy. Penguins uh, getting Patrice Bergeron day-to-day for the Bruins. Upper body injury. Uh, that's the head. Uh, they're going to be very cautious uh, with him as uh, he was uh, injured in that Pittsburgh Penguins game. Did not play in the 6-0 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes in which we heard that great Brett Pesci goal. Scores! Uh, so uh, they're taking their time with uh, one Patrice Bergeron. Uh, the uh, The suspension to Brad Marchand has been handed down. We know it's six games. Today we learned that Brad Marchand is going to appeal that suspension for roughing and high sticking. I've never never seen a suspension for two things like that. I I just clued into that uh, because he punched Tristan Jari and then he threw his stick in the face of the Pittsburgh Penguins goaltender, Tristan Jari. Uh, there's, There's precedent here for knocking things down. Earlier this season, Jason Spezza was suspended six games for kneeing in a game against Mm -hmm. the Winnipeg Jets. That suspension was more than halved down to two games. Now, Spezza has a very clean history. It was a little excessive given his history, the six games. still think it should have been more than... Than two because it was vicious and dangerous. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think what Brad Marchand did was vicious or dangerous. It was dirty and uncomposed, <laughs> but it wasn't yeah. vicious or dangerous. Yeah, I, I think this one's got a chance to be knocked down from six games.
0: Okay, um, so call me call me. Uh, you you called me soft, and that's fine. Like I, I don't I don't care. It's it's whatever. Um, call you a lot of the more I've yeah I know I know the more I've looked at the play the more I've watched it like I'm not a fan of the stick work after Um, I'm a little bit less peeved about the punch than I was initially like initial reactions and I don't know if that's because I'm I'm spending too much time with you um, or turning into a Neanderthal just like you are Mm -hmm. Uh, but i feel like part of it has to do with brad marchand speaking to the media today uh because there's something self-aware about brad marchand and and something about how this guy seems to when he does something like this become likable in in a sense and and i'm going to read you one quote from today from brad marchand that essentially turned my mind around on whether or not he should have been suspended for six games in speaking directly about the play, was it stupid? Of course it was stupid. I'm not denying that. I absolutely should not have done it. But suspension worthy? I don't think so. There's just something about Brad Marchand's ability in this moment to just say, yeah, it was dumb. Of yeah. course it was dumb. Everyone knows it was dumb. I don't know. He won me over there. He's a likable guy. He, he really is. And, and like, as, as much as... I want to imagine Brad Marchand of four or five years ago. I just can't. I just he, can't.
1: He also went on to say the only reason he got six games is because of his history.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah that, that's
1: that's why it was an in-person yeah. hearing is because of the that's repeat why. offender status. So, so saying <laughs> it, that it, doesn't really get you out of out, out of trouble and shouldn't lessen the penalty. It's just an acknowledgement of why you're in that
0: situation. But yeah. I, I, I think it gets knocked down by a couple. I, I would I would guess it'll, like all things being considered, I, I think it's either a three- or four-game suspension when it's all said and done. I think I think you're right there.
1: He His, his, his uh, <laughs> defense was, well, Drury's well-protected.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's got a helmet on. Yeah. Uh,
1: was it stupid? Yes, yeah. it was stupid. Come on, everyone's done stupid things. Come on. Philadelphia Flyers have lost Sean Couturier for the season after he had back injury on Friday. General Manager Chuck Fletcher saying this was not an issue coming into the year, but he started having uh, some uh, encounters with pain in the fall and discomfort in the fall, and he tried to battle through it, tried to do things non-surgically, but he is out for the year. The Flyers, this is this is why it really kills the Flyers in any chance to rally. 3-11-3 without Sean Couturier. One of their uh, best uh, defenders, uh, two-way center, uh, but certainly their their number one center, uh, signed a $62 million contract extension uh, coming into this year. So that, that, that's just devastating to any hope that the Flyers are going to be able to come back and make a charge at this.
0: They weren't with Couturier in the lineup. Like, this season's done mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia Flyers done, like completely done. I think we all recognize and understand that. So I, I think it makes sense for Sean Couturier to get right, to get healthy and uh, come back next year and try to be part of the solution moving forward for the Philadelphia Flyers.
1: So one out, I wonder what that means to others on the Philadelphia Flyers and their status.
0: <laughs> Busy trade deadline. It's yeah. Like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, who are you guys taking in the uh, Super Bowl? Ooh, you, um, no, you know what? I don't even. Let me rephrase that. Who are you cheering okay. for in the Super Bowl?
0: I think it's it's hard not to cheer for Joe Burrow. So like I'm I'm going all in on the Cincinnati Bengals. Are you happening?
2: Oh yeah, Chapman. I'm with I'm with Ryan. I I really like Joe Burrow. I went to go see them when they played the uh, the Raiders here in November. I became a big fan of him that day. Why? Because I, I just like the way he played. I like this Moxie. I, I like the fact that he's mobile, but he's not the fastest guy. But he's not afraid to tuck it and run. He's got a he's got a big arm. I I I, I don't know. I just enjoy watching him play. I, I, him and Justin Herbert are, are two guys that I really enjoyed watching this year. And uh, on another show I was on, I picked the Bengals to make some noise after they beat the Raiders. I said they're they're going to make some noise. Watch and and I kind of got clowned a little bit. And I said and here I am. I get to kind of. Pat myself on the back. I'm not gonna give up on them now. They've made me look good, so.
1: I don't believe you. Never miss an it's opportunity. All, you know what? That.
2: It's I, I will pull the videotape. Videotape? Well the the the, the audio oh, of it. Yeah, not videotape. The audio of it. Videotape? Yeah. Nothing's nothing's
1: on oh, tape boy. anymore. Everything's
2: on tape. <laughs> nothing's on tape. Or oh, digital, tape right now. chapman. Yeah. Come on. It's on a server. Let's go to the three video quarter tape. inch tape. <laughs> And you kind of stole my my catching up with Chapman there because I was going to talk about Super Bowl. Really? Yes. Uh oh. Yeah, that's all right. I always have two.
1: You're like on the, the the Zoom calls when there's a question asked, and then the reporter comes on and goes, "I was just going to ask uh, that same question." I have not <laughs> had to do that. <laughs> I mean, why, why does anybody admit that? <laughs> why do you admit? Yeah.
0: Just ask a different question.
2: Well, you have to have or a couple. Just
0: pretend. No, no, no. Just pretend you can't take yourself off mute.
2: Oh, I've seen guys do that or heard guys like do pretend? that. Like yeah. pretend? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, like like un- unmute your mic. I don't know. You've like, heard somebody do, do that them like on purpose?
2: I don't know if it was on purpose, but at this stage of the game if oh, you can't job, unmute man, your... That's what I
0: just said. Yeah.
1: Like lawless, lawless had a bad run where he couldn't get <laughs> himself unmuted, but it wasn't on purpose. He just couldn't figure it out. I think I've only had the, that one issue one time. Yeah. I've never heard of anybody doing it on
0: purpose. Good learning lesson for some guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I thought I had Pete telling Gary to unmute his computer, but uh, it must be on my desktop somewhere.
1: Maybe go check the (sighs) videotape. Try that. Those are your one-timers for this Friday, uh, February We have, uh, oh, by the way, one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee we have uh, something to give away. And unfortunately, after yesterday's debacle in trying to do the read, Christopher Chapman is serving a suspension. He tried to get out of it today and just go, "Uh, I've got it over here. You can't reach it. Uh, You'd have to come over here and read it. He tried all kinds of different excuses. to take a screenshot. I'll do it. So we have two tickets to the Beatles' Love at the Mirage. Compliments of Michael E. Minden Diamond Jewelers, Las Vegas' favorite jewelers to buy gifts of love. Valentine's Day coming up on Monday. We will take caller number six to win two tickets to Beatles Love at the Mirage. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
2: when the guy wouldn't stop talking we had no choice but to give him his own segment it's time for catching up with chapman oh christopher hi darren end of an error last night snowboarding maybe one of the all-time great olympians sean white finishes fourth in his final olympic games it was it was tough watching him in the interview afterwards when he was uh he he was basically uh, he he was emotional and and it was kind of tough to watch because he's a guy that we've really watched grow up in in the Olympics and he's a guy who will go down as one of the all time greats and a multiple time gold medal winner and it was it was fun to watch his career and it's it really makes me feel old when I think about the fact that we're right about the same age and he's accomplished so much more. No, it, 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 not. <laughs> we're only like three or four no, years not. apart.
1: Did you say it's... He and I are the same age. Are you saying that you guys are comparable, but you no, feel no. Ba- oh. you feel bad because he's accomplished so much more than oh, you? Only only in age
2: we're comparable, but he's and accomplished so much more.
1: Than you? Yes. So you're giving Captain, yourself a what shot. What are you talking about?
2: But, never mind.
1: Do you feel like you've left some of life on the table?
2: No, no. But I will never win an Olympic medal. Never mind multiple Olympic medals. Mm-hmm. Which look was your favorite from Sean White? I like the the poofy red hair. Yeah, the original flying tomato, yeah. Yeah.
0: Talking about Mountain Dew, baby.
2: Back on Monday on the VGK Insider Show.